Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today? Before that, happy birthday, Clark. Come on, come on. (laughs) It's your birthday, and we celebrate you. What's that you say? (laughs) Now that I'm 67? I had to acknowledge it. So happy birthday. I hope you're going to have a great rest of your day after this. I know you're talking about, you know, some stuff that you're very interested in first, but I had to interrupt you. I apologize. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's the one day I break my uh, treat day rule where I will eat sweets. I'll eat a piece of cake on my birthday because I hurt my wife's feelings years ago when I wouldn't break training and have birthday cake on my treat day is Sunday. And so I will actually put on the calories. Of birthday <laughs> well, enjoy, cake. enjoy. Every year of a year of Clark is great for everybody around and everybody. Do you know my favorite kind of birthday cake? Is it the caramel? That's cake? right. Yeah. But I have no idea what yours is. I'm a terrible person. What's no, yours? you're not. What's yours? I like like fresh fruit with whipped cream is my favorite. That's thing. why I don't know what kind of cake you like. Well, I love cake, but I don't I don't eat cake. You have to drive me crazy by always being so. My favorite kind of cake is an entire cake, not just a slice of cake. So I just stick but with But you fruit. are so mega healthy. It's like. I try. I'm always consumed with guilt about how, how like, if we go to lunch together, you got to know this. Krista will order this stuff that I don't even know what it is. Oh my it's, gosh. It's true. All this healthy, healthy stuff. Like we go to one of those uh, make your own salad places and I feel like I'm making great progress having romaine lettuce and uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, that kind That's of stuff. That's great. Vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. But then you do all this stuff. I don't even know what it is. Oh, well. Okay. And then you're having fruit for your birthday instead of cake. I oh, can't well. handle cake. I'm one of those people. Okay. Well... <laughs> So I wanted to, I got all distracted here. I want to talk about something that is actually near and dear to my heart. And that's you being an entrepreneur and later. Okay. This is crazy. We haven't talked about this in years. People that are choosing to live on cruise ships is a more affordable place to live than living on land. It actually is possible but it requires some unusual sacrifices. So there's new data reported on by The Economist magazine about how people have made a fresh start on working for themselves. You know, we went through a period of time that went on following the Great Recession where people were looking for absolute security and work. And they were very heavily gravitating to working for those big bureaucratic companies. 
And if you're a longtime listener to me, you know how frustrated I am by big companies. I call them that they all become dinosaurs because it seems the larger a company gets, the more it loses focus on a customer, the less authority it gives its employees to solve problems. And essentially, the larger a company gets, the smaller its brain becomes. And at the same time, I'm a natural entrepreneur. I am a serial entrepreneur. I've started so many different businesses over my lifetime. And I believe in it so much that if you want to, you see a, a need in the marketplace for a service or product or whatever, being there, being the one that provides that can provide a really good living for you and meets a need in the marketplace. But somewhat I've fallen on deaf ears over the period of time that the Great Recession happened and years after. But now the Economist reports that we're into being an entrepreneur again big time. The number of business formations significantly up. And this is absolutely great. What they refer to as new businesses springing to life. The market conditions are so good to do it. Because there's so many spaces available, but then there's so many things that you can start off right from your own apartment or your home, and you don't have rent. There are so many things you used to have to have big outlays of cash for now, starting your own business, you don't have to. You can hire gig workers to do different things for you. You need to create a logo for your business? You can do that and hire someone to do that. I mean, there's all these different things now that make it much, much easier for you to start your own business. And number of firms up quite a bit. Um, gosh, nobody more than France of all places. 70% more startups than there were back in 19 or earlier. I mean, people are really into it. In the United States, we've had a big uptake in starting new businesses. And if there's something you see, like, why do they do it this way? You know, you're out and about just as a customer. You're like, why don't they do this? Why do they do that? And you're like, I'm the one that can make that difference. I'm the one that can make that change. I'm the one that can serve the marketplace better. And get out there and do it. Because there's no time like the present. I don't want you later shoulda, coulda, woulda, start your own business when the opportunity could be right here, right now. By the way, WalletHub did a list of the cities in the country that are the best to start a new business. And Orlando, number one. Hmm. Miami, Florida, number two. Number three, Laredo, Texas. I wonder what their... Um, what their methodology was and how they came up with those as one, two, and three. But there are a big concentration of cities in Florida in the top 10. In addition, Tampa and Jacksonville both made the top 10 of places that are ripe, that are right where you want them to be able to start your own business. Even though, as you just talked about recently, it's an expensive place to live with insurance florida is and well for housing florida has become really expensive 
Okay, we'll go to some questions now, and this one ties right in from Kim in Texas. I am self-employed and have filed my business as an S-Corp recently. I'm the only employee. I have no retirement savings, and I am 59. What would be the best retirement account through an S-Corp with me as an employee? So since you're a one-person entity, there's a really great thing that can help you catch up on a lot of your savings. It's called a self-employed or solo 401k. It works like a big employer 401k, except doesn't have all the costs with it. It's like just, it's almost like a different version of an IRA, but just made to order for a one person company. And so if you go to any of the low cost companies, they can talk you through how to set up a self-employed 401k. Or if you just go to the website and put in the search box at Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, the big three you put in self-employed 401k, they may, the search may be solo 401k, you'll see how they work, and you're able to shove, if you can afford to do so, massive amounts of your business income from your S-Corp straight into a retirement account that allow you, even starting in your 50s, will allow you to build up a decent chunk of money for later in your life in retirement. From Pete in Massachusetts. Hi Clark, there's been some buzz on the internet about MYGA, multi-year guaranteed annuities. I know this is considered a cuss word on your show, but these products seem more like a CD than an annuity. Do they have a legitimate use and what are the risks? Oh, it's fully an annuity. What makes these these things, the guarantee, multi-year seem like let's say like a five-year cd or if there was a 10-year cd is that what you get from it in terms of imputed interest is guaranteed up front for all those years you're still handcuffed just like any other annuity what makes it different than a normal uh fixed annuity is even though it says fixed annuity the interest rate typically is not guaranteed beyond one year at a time and you're still handcuffed to it. So if you were thinking of the two different flavors, there would be good arguments to be made if you were willing to imprison yourself inside an annuity, which I'd rather you not do, that doing a multi-year guaranteed instead of one that the interest you would earn would change every year would give you more certainty because, again, you go into an annuity, you have locked yourself deep in a prison cell. This is from Alan in Mississippi. Looking for a SIM card for Europe. I'm going to be there for a month and will unlock my C Spire phone. I would use for data and to search the web, GPS, maps, etc. And also as a phone. I would like a recommendation. Google Fi, Google Fi, Google Fi. <laughs> Before you go to Europe, almost anywhere in the world, you got to know about Google Fi. Because it allows you to use your service pretty much as if you were here in the United States. It is a service Google never really talks about. They have really um, wonderful plans that are good in the United States and good overseas. And so you, since your phone's unlocked, you'd be able to sign up with Google Fi, insert their chip, use it for a month, and you're going to be set. And it should work pretty much flawlessly anywhere in Europe. The other thing that's so great about Google Fi is from the ground up, it's built 
with a backbone that allows your phone to work exceptionally well anywhere you're in Europe that there's Wi-Fi. Um, Europe, with so much of it being urbanized, has Wi-Fi that's generally vastly superior to what you have when you're traveling around the United States and is pretty much everywhere. It's like in the air everywhere. So Google Fi is so much better for an American traveling overseas than what I used to talk about with buying one of those pretty expensive SIM cards that allow you to use it traveling around Europe. If you're going to a single country in Europe, different answer, you could look at buying when you land, buying a local SIM card and buying the amount of data you need using WhatsApp or Viber or something like that to be able to communicate with video calls, audio calls, whatever, with whoever's back home and not having to pay any phone charges. You're just living off the data backbone of your phone. And you find those in convenience stores. You find them. I mean, man, a lot of places you can buy them right in the airport terminal where, but yeah, I want you to, if you are doing a single country visit for a week or more in Europe, I want you to go online before you go, see what cell phone services there are in that one particular country, see what prices they offer for a data plan that includes unlimited texting, and you're going to be set. And coming up had completely different way to live and making phone calls a whole different complication. Living on a cruise ship instead of living on land. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Over about a 10-year period, I would hear continuous questions from people who would hear this, what seemed like an urban legend thing, about giving up living in the United States and instead just live on cruise ships, typically basing yourself in Florida, and that would be your state of residence, but that was only for strategic purposes because you were booking all your cruises and going cruise ship to cruise ship to cruise ship or even staying on the same cruise ship over and over again. And I remember first time I actually met somebody who was doing this was on a cruise about eight years ago when I met this nice lady who was living on one particular ship She just lived on that ship year-round. And there are a number of people who do this. It's not like it's thousands, but there are 
there's a significant number of people who found it works for them. And so they spend a lot of time figuring out what to book and all that. And the greatest savings are if you give up any residence at all. And if you ever have a situation where you need to stay on land for several days or a week, you got to go doctors or whatever, you just stay in a hotel or you stay with friends or whatever. Because on the ship, you got your entertainment, you got your housing, you got your meals. You also end up usually in a really, really tiny cabin. And the way it plays is that people that are living on a cruise ship tend to book the cheapest cabin category, which is an inside stateroom. That means no window to the outside, nothing like that. And the cabins will usually be about 125 to 160 square feet. The bathroom you have, including a shower, is not much bigger than a big bathroom on an airplane. Not like the small bathrooms on an airplane, but the bigger one that they have typically for people who are more infirm, where airlines will usually have one bigger bathroom. It'll be a little bigger than that and have a shower sink and a toilet in that little space. I mean, it is, it is not for the faint of heart to live in an inside cabin. But somebody who is sailing regularly on a cruise line, not necessarily the same cruise ship, they then get status with the cruise line. They accumulate points, and then they are eligible for upgrades. And it's completely a shot in the dark. You'll book that very dark inside cabin, and then you show up, and you got an upgrade to one with a porthole to the outside. Or you get really lucky and get an upgrade to a balcony cabin. But when you start looking at the economics of living on a ship for an extended period of time, if the whole idea is to have a cheaper life than you'd have on land, pretty much you're going to have to book the interior staterooms. Now, I have met people on ships who live on them substantially much or all of a year, and they still have a place on land. And they have means that they are staying in nicer cabins. That's not about saving money. I'm talking about the, the people who actually live on them for cheaper cost than on land. Is for me, I couldn't do it. Krista, I'm thinking your husband in particular. <laughs> oh my gosh, he'll be would, man he, overboard. He would absolutely not survive living, let's just say, two weeks Oh no! On no. a cruise ship in an inside cabin that was 150 square feet, Mm-mm. not no. going to happen. No, not his favorite way to travel or live for sure. Um, this is from Steve in Missouri. My wife and I are in our early 30s, and we have a toddler son. I'm a firefighter, and my wife is a nurse. Together, we make 140 thousand dollars gross. We are debt good free. income. Yeah, we are debt-free other than our house, which is a 15-year, 2.5% mortgage. We invest 25% of our gross income for retirement through my wife's 401k, Roth IRAs, my 457B, and HSA. We only buy low-cost index funds. I'm in a unique situation with my job as a firefighter as I can retire in 13 years with a full pension at 46 years old. I've always been a DIY investor, but the larger our accounts grow, the more nervous I get about making a crucial mistake. 
I've been considering hiring a fiduciary to help me with the investments and to make sure I'm financially secure to retire in 13 years. I'm just stubborn and I don't know if it's worth the cost. With yes. my unique situation, <laughs> is it worth it? Yes, absolutely. Spend the money. And how about you're saving 25% of your pay? 25%. Steve, that's fantastic. And as a firefighter, you're putting your life on the line. That is dangerous, dangerous work. Thank you for being willing to go into a burning building to attempt to save someone's life. That is just more courage than most of us have. And I do want to add a little annex. For a TV story once, I was sent at a fire training center into a fire, and I was in a fire protective suit. Let me tell you, it was frightening. It was hot, and I couldn't see anything. How you do that, I don't know. Thank you for what you do. The pension you get, though, usually firefighter pensions will cover most of the living expenses you'll have and need going forward from 46 years old for the rest of your life, which is phenomenal. The amount of money you've saved, your situation, being an extra early retiree, open up the wallet, pay for the guidance and advice. You could do several different things, but two in particular I think are worth you looking at. I like you talking with the Garrett Planning Network person where you pay them kind of like hiring an accountant or a lawyer to look at your situation and give you guidance and advice. It can be just hit or miss or it can be a regular thing where you go for checkups. Uh, You could also hire an XY Planning Network person where you pay them an ongoing subscription basically to give you ongoing guidance about your money. Doing either of those would be very worthwhile because of your age. You're 33 now. You're on a great trend line. You're saving money very well. You carry basically no debt other than this ultra-low rate mortgage. I want you to keep on doing what you're doing, but doing a checkup with an independent expert who is there just to work for and represent you, I think is a great idea. And this is from Jill in Wisconsin. Is it worth getting the PLUS membership with AAA? It would only be for one person. All right, so uh, AAA, the, the fees and the exact way the memberships work vary from one region of the country to the other. But the main idea of PLUS and the reason most people become a PLUS member is if your vehicle does break down, you have towing coverage Uh, typically four times in a membership year before they kick you to the curb and say, get rid of you, for up to potentially 100 miles, where the normal tow with most AAA affiliates is, I think, four to six miles. So if you have a vehicle, Jill, that's older, that has been common, that you might have breakdowns with it, and you're looking at, uh, I don't know where you live in Wisconsin, if you're living like in northwest Wisconsin where there are great distances and it might be a long, long tow. I mean, if you're living in the Milwaukee metro area where most of the population of Wisconsin lives, there would be no reason to pay for a PLUS membership. If your vehicle's newer and very reliable, there'd be no reason I'd see for a PLUS membership. 
You have an older, less reliable vehicle. You live in more rural areas of Wisconsin. Then I guess it could be worth it. It's almost like buying a small insurance policy each year. And from Melissa in North Carolina, our daughter will be getting an insurance settlement from an auto accident. She is okay. Okay, thank you. She's okay. Where is the best place to park this money and what should it be used for? She may need it for medical expenses in the future, but her college will be paid with a 529 account. She is 18 and legally can do what she wants, but is looking to us for advice. Also, would it be a good idea for her to take a little bit to do something with so that it might be easier for her to leave the remaining alone for the long term? Yeah, interesting, Melissa, because first of all, the most important thing is that your daughter's okay from the auto accident. When somebody has a windfall, I like for them to take some amount of the money and do whatever they want with it. Give themselves permission to do something with it. And and the most common number I give is take 10% of the money and do something that may feel a little frivolous or whatever, or whatever would be fun, take a trip, whatever. And the other 90% you lock down for the future. And I don't know... If at 18, your daughter is working part-time, but I'd like her to keep socking money into a Roth IRA each year from the money she's getting from this auto accident. If it's a large enough sum of money that it would take many, 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 many years to put that money into a Roth IRA limited to six grand each year to put into that, then she could do something as simple is by a total stock market index fund with it, which is designed for long-term growth of money. It's very favorably treated tax-wise, and it does not have to be held in there till retirement. It's generally something you would do with money you were putting aside for seven years or longer. So we've got the Roth IRA would be the first priority. The second would be doing long-term investing, but not necessarily for retirement in a target retirement fund. Because this money, she's going to go to college, she's going to have the education, it's going to get her a job. should be money for down the road. As an example, let's say she decides to buy a house 10 years from now. The money she's put into the uh, total stock market index fund is a great source of funds to then use for down payment for a house 8, 10, 12 years down the road not three or five years down the road. It would have to be in there longer. That would be the simplest explanation. And if you're not familiar with uh, total stock market index fund, you can go read a very clear explanation at the Fidelity Zero Funds with Vanguard or with Schwab. They all offer their version. I think Schwab calls it the broad market index fund. And it'll explain to you you're owning little pieces of thousands of publicly traded stocks in the United States in one ultra-low-cost, tax-favored fund. And I want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And again, thank you for my birthday birthday wishes, 67 years old. That sounds like I'm No way. Yeah. It's a new 30. Oh, yeah. Right. Just ask anybody my age when they get up in the morning. Do they feel like they're 30 anymore? No, they don't. But if you want to give me a gift, the gift you can give me is to save more for your personal financial security and your future.